0: Now, it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Your host, Teresa E. Keeves, is a professional mediator here to educate, inform, enlighten, and inspire everyone about the great benefits in the process of professional mediation to resolve conflicts, disagreements, and disputes relating to business or personal matters. Now, here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves.
1: Good morning. Good morning to you, my fabulous, fabulous listeners out there. You know, I just, I just love my intro music. You know, it's so, um, it's so peppy and, and, uh, positive. I just love it. Good morning again, uh, to, to you guys out there. This is Teresa E. Keeves and I am your host for Put It All on the Table Through Mediation, broadcasting on the fabulous TalkZone.com Internet Radio. Okay, today's talk is going to be about the profession of sports and professional mediation. And the question guys is, can these two professions be married for resolving disputes, conflicts, and disagreements? Now, my guests are Reginald C. Campbell, my brother, who is a frequent guest on my show, and my son Paris M. Daniel. Now listeners, uh, Nicholas Shepard. If you read my promo on the website here for TalkZone.com, Nicholas Shepard was also supposed to be included in this talks today, and he is a retired NBA basketball player as he played for the LA Lakers and the Suns. Well. As I said, he was supposed to be a guest on my show, but he had another important matter that kind of conflicted with his schedule um, at the last minute, and so he's going to be a guest on my show in the future, and I will keep you guys surprised of that. However, trust me, the two gentlemen that I have just mentioned as my guest are two of the most knowledgeable sports enthusiasts that the sports profession has to offer to join me in this conversation. And it is going to be interesting, lively, and educational. Trust me. Okay. I will introduce my guest in a moment, but here comes the but. Let's talk about a few things first. All right. Now, you know... I say to you, my listeners, that this is a show of many positive things, and one of them is education. Well, on my last show that aired on the 19th of November, and my guest was uh Brian Keeves, and we were talking... About, um, the, the, you know, the way of the world, um, you know, and are human beings, um, gonna rectify themselves? And I mentioned Jonas Salk, and I said to you that he was in the involvement of producing penicillin. However, I misspoke. I said, um, Jonas Salk was the producer of penicillin, but actually he was the polio guy. All right. He developed the vaccine that wiped out polio. Alexander Fleming. Was the individual behind the penicillin development, but you know, sometimes we talk fast and, and things like that and we get caught up, you know, and so that's that for that. So that's all I want to say about that. So here's my question to you. How was your Thanksgiving, my fabulous listeners? I'm sure it was great. I know that you all ate a lot and you probably napped and then you ate again, relaxed and just enjoyed the family, friends and the day. Mine was fantastic just like i know that yours was my family was at my house as we celebrated my eldest son's birthday as he was born on the 25th and remember i told you that he was born on thanksgiving actually born on thanksgiving and my mom brought me thanksgiving dinner up and all that so but anyway um So, you know, it's great to have all the family together, you know, and it was, it was, it was good. And then on that day, we also celebrated, um, my eldest son's, uh, birthday. So, um, Christmas celebration is going to be at his house. So we're going to bring all of the noise and laughter and everything to his house. And speaking of Christmas, how fast is it coming up? Look, for me, it is truly the most wonderful time of the year. Okay. I listen. Laugh if you want, but I start playing my Christmas music like November the 1st, because look, look, why, Teresa? I'm going to tell you why. Just hold on, because I want to savor the moments of this season as long as I can. It's just such a beautiful time as we celebrate um, the birth of our Lord, coming together with family and friends shopping for presents helping people who are not as fortunate as we which is something we should be doing all year right okay but now um for all of you have been listening to my show since last year remember i was going on about oh my god i'm behind in my shopping and this and that well i want you to know that this year i did start early i did start early and i have a question for you guys are you mailing out christmas cards now, some people say it's a dying tradition. Not in my book, and I certainly hope not in yours. I so enjoy doing it, you know, and um, and you know, people really do appreciate when you actually take the time to write out, you know, their address and name and sign your name on it versus sending them a text or or uh, an email. You know, I'm not saying anything is wrong with a text or email, all right, but what I am saying is that. Let's not lose the little personal touches that we have been doing. Okay. I have a question for you guys. Did you hear this report about Starbucks want to add alcohol to their list of beverages? Now, Starbucks, you do not need to add alcohol in your business. Come on. It's like, is there a shortage for finding places to get alcoholic beverages? Anywhere. Okay. And the coffee drinks are already giving people a boost, you know. So people, you know, really come on. People are there to relax and have tea and coffee and and bring their kids and surf the net, read newspapers, college students do their homework. It's a nice environment. I just don't think it's a good idea. Some of you might think so, but I don't. That's all. All right. It's shout out time. However, this shout out is it saddens my heart and somber my heart as well as I say um, as I'm talking about the tragedies in California yesterday and the latest report is that 14 were killed and 17 were hurt now this facility where the shooting took place helps over 30,000 individuals in the social service industry which it was reported that this tragedy was centered around a workplace dispute. It isn't anything, you know, the fact is just being reported and the Planned Parenthood shooting last week. You know, wow, this person that committed this crime does not have a clue of what Planned Parenthood is really about. You know, guys, I want to tell you that 95% or more of what Planned Parenthood business is, is helping individuals with birth control and ob mothers who are pregnant, for example, it's not all about abortion, okay, and a few police officers, you know, are still shooting young men of color, come on society, are you listening to me, are you seeing what's happening out here, and that this cannot continue as a society, get it together, the violence is more than off the chain, remaining prayerful, and I'm remaining hopeful, and I'm sure you all out there are doing just the same. Okay, now, should any of you like to call in and talk to me or my guest, have a question, explanation needed, please dial me on one eight eight eight. Go for it. That's one eight eight eight. Go for it. All right, let's move on. All right, I'm going to introduce my first guest. His name is Paris M. Daniel. Actually, the M stands for Martin. He is a super person, knowledgeable, and he's statistically astute in the field of professional sports. He is a professional sports commentator for a show named The Sports Authority and Other Stuff. Now, he airs every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And uh, as a side note, listeners, we must find out what the other stuff is. Okay? he is also a retired Air Force Master Sergeant, and he is also attending the University of Phoenix to complete his Bachelor of Science in Criminal Justice with a concentration in management. He is my eldest son and he is the father of my two wonderful grandchildren I talk about all the time, Paris and Tiara. Do I sound like I'm <laughs> do I sound like I'm a proud mom? That's because I am. Welcome to my show, Paris.
0: Good morning, ma. Great to be here.
1: Oh, yes, I'm great to have you here. You know, I've been wanting to get you on and finally I got you on. So I'm going to I'm I'm applauding myself there, okay? Now, Let's introduce my next guest, Reginald C. Campbell. He is my brother, recently migrated here from the Midwest, the world's best mental health therapist is what I say he is. He is employed at Helping Associates. And you know what? I want to say something before I go on, and that is I want to tell the listeners that he is doing fabulous work with the Native American communities here in Arizona, and you know that is so needed. I'm so proud of him for that, and for all of you listeners out there, he is a frequent guest on my show. Welcome, Reginald, to my show again.
2: Good morning to you. Good morning to Paris. Good morning to all the listeners, and happy to be here on this wonderful
1: sunny beautiful days that God has made. Fabulous. So um you both are doing good? Doing
3: excellent. Good. excellent.
1: All right. All right then. Okay, can we all hear each other? Yes. All yep. right then. We're ready. We're ready to rock and roll, okay? Now okay. Paris, I'm coming at you first. So now in my introduction, I did not state a couple of things about you. And so, but I want you, I want you to do it. And that is, I would like for you to tell my listeners what radio station you broadcast on and how long have you been a sports commentator.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Well, I broadcast on the BDISR network. It's an internet um, radio station. And mm-hmm. a friend of mine that I went to high school with, we've been doing this show for about six months now. And I heard you, you said, you know, it's called the sports authority and other stuff. So what's the other stuff? That's the thing that we feel like talking about. And whenever someone calls up, they can bring anything to the table and we'll discuss it. But most Mm -hmm. likely, it's it's typically with everything that's been going on in in society, especially with these uh, police shootings, that's usually an avenue that that we discuss. Uh, You know, how can we mitigate these things? How can we, as as, as men of, of color, protect ourselves? And just have an open dialogue, because, you know, you have a lot of, of people on both sides of the fence whose intentions aren't good when these incidents happen. And we understand the law enforcement officers have an incredibly hard job and have to make snap decisions. But that does not alleviate them from, from having a, a, needing to have a broader process. Uh, prospect and actually think before they act in a lot of situations because what's going on right now is just deteriorating our society as a whole because there's a lot of mistrust right now and and people don't feel safe and it's not fair to the, what I feel is about 75 to 80% of officers that are really truly on board and doing the best, doing their job to the best of their ability. And mm-hmm. when it takes a small percentage to ruin it for everyone else. And that's where I think we're going down and that's something needs to be addressed. So that's mostly the other stuff um, that we get into. And as far as just being a sports enthusiast, um, my uncle Reginald, I would like to say that is false because growing up, he's the guy that made me watch the Cubs game and Mm -hmm. uh, reading, reading the newspaper. When I was the, when I was a kid, I remember always wanting to read the newspaper and read the sports pages. And I remember you would bring me home the Chicago Sun Times, and as That's I got right. older, and I would always ask, Mom, you always bring me the paper?" You would always say, "Whenever you're reading, it's good. I don't got care that what right. you're reading. <laughs> I don't care what you're reading as long as you're reading." So you actually mm-hmm. paid a part in
3: it too.
1: All right, what can I say? Hey, we did a good thing. What can I say? You know what I mean. Uh, hey, I'm 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 proud of that, and 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 I'm proud of you too. And I just want to piggyback on something, um, because it is a small percentage of of individuals, where, whether it's the police officers or or other people who want to keep racism alive. It's a small percentage of people who are doing that, because from the very uh, great uh, spectrum, people do not want to um, uh, keep racism alive. They they do not. Uh, the police officers, for the most part are very good, you know, but then you do have these, as, as you say, make these snap decisions and they need to, of course, do much better than they are because, um, as you know, I, you know, I sit on the bench and I hear civil traffic cases. As a matter of fact, I'll be hearing civil traffic cases this Friday and I will tell you that I have never in all the years that I've um, been sitting on the bench with the exception of one police so Um, the other police officers have always been very respectable and, and doing their due diligence and, in, in what it is that they need to do and maintaining their decorum in the court. So, okay, Paris, well, thank you for, um, explaining the, the other stuff. You know, I just wanted to know what is that other stuff. Okay. Now let's, let's talk a little bit about sports here. Kobe Bryant. We all have heard that he stated recently that this is his last hurrah in the basket, ba- basketball field with the L.A. Lakers. Do you think he's really going to leave, or is he just talking, Reginald?
2: No, I, I, think, it's, I think he's going to leave. It's, it's, it's time. His, um, his, his game has deteriorated. Um, you know, father time catches up to all athletes, and it has caught up to Colby. He's had a, a wonderful 20-year career. And and it's time to, to, to gracefully be And uh, I think that would be the best, best for him and uh, move on to the next in depth
1: in this fight. Yeah, I do, I do too. And I liked the um um I I liked the um um interview that he gave yesterday that um, that I was looking at, I believe that was on ABC, and he basically said that, you know, he's the dream of the game, dream of the game. Now he's not dreaming of the game like he was before. So he's like, okay, it is, it's time. So I thought that was very well said. So now Paris, of course, you know, there's a lot of speculation as to why. You know, he, meaning Kobe, is not going. You know, what is he going to do afterwards? He said, he said in that in that this same interview that I was talking about just now that he's thinking, you know, about maybe getting into marketing. He didn't say what specifics of marketing, but he said marketing. So, so you you got any suggestions for Kobe? I
0: I I really don't. You know, Kobe is sort of a well versed guy. You know, speaks three different languages. Grew up overseas most of the time. You know, he's always been sort of a, a deep-thinking individual. You know, he's one of these guys that's taking care of, of his um, financial backings pretty good. I know that he has talked about trying to broaden his brand. He's very big over over overseas. In China, I believe his jersey is still the number two or three seller in, in China, um, mm-hmm. even to this day. So he's the type of guy that I think we will see maybe on the lecture tour, and probably in the in the future, probably a owner of an NBA team.
1: Mm-hmm. I can see mm-hmm. him. I can
0: see him going that route.
1: Oh, okay. What What about you, Reginald? Up? Oh, did we lose Reginald?
2: No, I'm still here. I, I'm,
1: oh, okay. Kind of yeah, through, I was uh, asking. Yeah, I was asking you to comment on uh, what uh, Paris just said.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm in this area. Sometimes I go through go through a bad dog, so, but. I appreciate. It. Uh, I apologize for that. But yeah, That's I think okay. Kobe would be. I think Kobe would be fine. Uh, like Ferris said, he's one of these guys, guys that is taking care of his finances. Um, he he grew up overseas. He speaks three languages. He had a, a good upbringing. I remember as a kid watching his dad Jelly bean play. Uh, so I think Kobe Kobe's going to be fine. Kobe's going to be okay in whatever thing he does.
1: That's fabulous. And you know, and I would really like for some of these other, uh, people in the profession of basketball and, uh, you know, to, to look at, you know, to look at him and other people like Michael Jordan and don't, you know, waste their, their one thing that, um, um, you both you both talked about was that he took care of his finances and things like that which a lot of them don't you know that's a whole nother conversation about how you can have 160 200 million and then you don't have a dime okay so now i have to take a break um in about a minute but i want to read something um to you guys right quick and then we'll talk about it when we come back from break okay now this okay. is um the uh, preview the NBA 2015-2016 Chicago Bulls okay so now it says that the Bulls entered uh entered the 2015-2016 season potentially a team in transition so it says for the last 5 years the Chicago Bulls have been a gritty defensive team who were considered a reflection of their coach Tom Thibodeau and the 2014-2015 season ended up with the writing on the wall that Thibodeau was gone at the end of the year and so he is. As the Bulls have moved on and elevated Fred Hoiberg, I hope I'm uh, pronouncing that uh, correct, Hoiberg, who played for the Bulls in the post-Jordan area era, is making his debut as a professional coach, and he will be looking to repeat the success of Steve Kerr from Golden State last year since the former Bull Kerr led the Golden State Warriors to to the NBA title as a rookie coach. Okay? But that is a tall order for Hoiberg to achieve. Now, I want to ask you guys, when we come back, do you think Hoiberg is a good person to achieve what they what is on the table for him to achieve? So stay with me, ladies and gentlemen, go get your coffee and tea and come back with me. Hey listeners, this is Teresa E. Keeves. Can you believe that this is the end of the year? Our most festive holiday celebrations are approaching quickly. My question to you is, do you have upcoming events that you would like to spread the word about? Or advertise in your business holiday specials? Or what about fundraisers? Well, I have an offer for you. It's called two sixty two hundred. Let me explain. You can have two 60-second advertisement slots for $200. That's right, $200. You can record your advertisement, keep it at 60 seconds, upload it to me via email, and you will be all set. Sounds simple? Because it is. For more information, give me a call at 480-283-7270. That's 480-283-7270. Or email me at info at Do you know that bullying in the workplace and in our schools, whether it's grammar schools or high schools, is becoming more and more prevalent? This includes the rise of verbal abuse and physical abuse to our senior citizens. As a matter of fact, bullying is on the cusp of becoming a dominant occurrence in today's society. For example, CareerBuilder.com survey of 2012 noted that about 50% of all workplace bullying goes unreported. And NBC News reported that bullying statistics of 2013 for senior citizens is on the rise in America. And that statistics for bullying related incidences in our schools, well, unfortunately, it is on the rise. If you find yourself being bullied in school or in the workplace and you need someone to help resolve your differences with professionalism, fairness, impartiality, and given a platform to be heard, give me a call. Professional Mediator Teresa E. Keyes at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at expert.
2: You're listening to TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio.
0: Now it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves.
1: Thank you for returning back with me and my guest, Reginald C. Campbell, mental health therapist and Paris Martin Daniels, sports commentator. Now, uh, before we left, I posed a question to you guys about um, the, the what's going on with the Chicago Bulls. Now we're you know being from Chicago and I know that you guys are you know that's one of your favorite teams or used to be or you know clue me in if it's not and and but anyway we were, we were talking about um how they were doing a team transition with now they have hired um coach Hoiberg to to turn this team around so Reginald let's start with, with what is your perspective on that I
2: think Hoiberg would be would, would be fine uh like um, any team, uh, any baseball, basketball, football team, there's times when there has to be a transition, a transition for coaches or a transition of players. Uh, so that's just part of part of the game. Uh, the, the main thing, in my opinion, as far as being a, a coach, especially a basketball coach, is dealing with personalities. How do you handle different personalities? And, you know, sometimes you have to massage uh, some personalities. So, so, so that's having good people skills, having good mentoring skills uh, is, is, I think, very important of uh, being a coach and not only just explaining the X's and O's of the game, but being a mentor as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Paris, let's hear what you have to say about it.
0: Well, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit um, into the X's and O's side. And okay. the history with, with Tom Thibodeau Tom Thibodeau was a guy for about 20 years was an assistant NBA coach and he hung his hat on defense. He was an architect of always having a top ten defense in the NBA. He was a guy that was pretty much the defensive coordinator for the Boston Celtics when they went to back to back championships and won when Doc Rivers was the head coach. That's just sort of what he does. So when he came to the Bulls, he instilled a tough defensive identity. Now with that comes with playing your players that are at a high minute, um, high minute rate. And this is what got Tom okay. in trouble with, with the uh, upper management is that now there seems to be a push in the NBA to, to limit guys' minutes. You know, there, there's a push to, we want guys fresh for the playoffs. When in the past, you had guys like Michael and Magic. No, they wanted to play 82 games, 38 minutes a night. But now, you know, we live in an analytical world where, hey, let's play these guys 25 and 32 minutes a night, sort of like the Golden State Warriors. Last year, none of their players averaged over 32 minutes. They played mm-hmm. 20, 25 to 32 minutes. So the Bulls wanted to emulate that game plan. Enter Fred Horberg, who, um, like you said, this is his first time coaching. You know, he played for the Bulls, played for um, Minnesota, had spent some time in the front office, went to Iowa, and was known as an offensive guru. So the Bulls uh-huh. management was like, okay, we already have a great um, defensive team. Let's bring a guy in to kickstart the offense and see where we're at. Well, right now we're 11-5. and five. We're sitting in third place in, a, in, a, um, in our conference, in the Eastern Conference. We're doing good. But the transition takes time because when you look at the numbers, right now we are only 27th in in offense just because of a bad shooting, which directly is tied into our, our superstar, Derrick Rose, but that's another um, discussion in itself. That's
1: another, okay. <laughs> right.
0: But but the, the, the defense has remained the same as we're sitting fifth. So even though we're transitioning, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. But I agree with Reginald, you know, um, Tim's had a five year run and sometimes you just have to sort of switch. But yeah. expecting us to do you know, but expecting us to do what Golden State did is sorta of unfair because that team, the core of that team and Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, the core players have been together now for four to five years. They have great continuity and something else they are blessed with is is great health. Now, when you look at the mm-hmm. Bulls, already this year are starting small forward. By Dunleavy, he had to play the game this year. He had back surgery during the offseason. And this week, he went to go see two back specialists in L.A. And that's never a good sign when a guy's back is hurting and he goes to see two specialists.
3: Exactly.
0: So, you know, once again, we're still fighting that. But at the end of the day, I when, when April comes around, and it's time for playoff ball, I expect for the Bulls to be one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference again
1: hmm. OK, so, you know, I, I, I just want to make a <clears throat> excuse me, a comment on what you said. And I, I agree with what both of you said. I don't think that, that, you know, people people need to do their own thing. You know, we get into trouble a lot when we want to emanate somebody else. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like you were saying um, about how Steve Kerr, how he how he uh, runs his guys, you know, 25 the 32 minutes and things like that, that that's what's good for him. It may not be good for the bulls. Okay. So, you know, and, and then also you said that, that the, this team is more healthier than, than the other team. So, so there you go, you know, do your thing, find out your slot. That's good for you. That's going to work for you, you know? And I, and I'm all for looking at, you know, reviewing somebody and saying, okay, let me, let me try that, but then tweak it for yourself. It's not going to, you can't take something that somebody else did and, And then think that it's going to work for you, all right? So now look on RedEyeChicago.com, guys. Okay, it says the top move for the Bulls was to bring back Jimmy Butler, and 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 signed. He's a 25 year old, and and they signed him up for a deal that was worth close to 100 million. Now Butler was the Bulls' leading scorer and best player throughout the season, so bringing him back was considered a priority. Okay, I want you both to chime in on this, Reginald. I want you to go first. And mm-hmm. do you have, you know, you know, Coach Thibodeau, Do you have faith that he will do great for the Bulls? And is he and is Butler a worthwhile investment for this team?
2: The money that the Bulls spent on Butler is worth every single dime. Okay. So I'm I'm glad that that uh, he signed. Um, Not only is he taking care of business on the court, but he's handled himself like a professional off the court as well. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you have some guys now, here's a perfect example of why I think uh, 18 to 19-year-old should not be in the NBA, vocal form. You know, he's out fighting. He's he's out physically fighting people. Um, Mm -hmm. Here's a 19-year-old who should not be in the NBA, not because he's talented, but because of the maturity factor. Uh, it could be the people that he's associating with and, you know, things like that. Uh, so so all of that um, has something to do with with how teams get along, the continuity, kind of what, what, what Paris is talking about. Uh, when it mm-hmm. comes down to health, as far as uh, championships, who's healthy, that makes a big difference. That makes mm-hmm. a huge difference if you're healthy. How you behave off the court makes a huge difference uh, in the continuity of, of, of the team and all of that. So, uh, but back to Jimmy Butler, money money well spent, um, class act, and if he stays
0: healthy, I think Jimmy will have a great career.
1: Fabulous. Paris, let's hear from you.
0: Yeah, Jimmy Butler. We call him Jimmy Buckets. Um Great guy, very humble upbringing. He was a kid that was basically homeless during his Mm -hmm. his teenage years and was living with um, a friend of his to go to. um, And during high school, went to junior college, then went to Marquette. He was actually the last pick of the Bulls in the first round. Very humble, hardworking guy. I agree with everything Reginald said. Um, And there's a term in the NBA known as as two-way players. You know, some guys only can play the offensive end. Some guys can only play defenses in. With Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. he is probably the premier two-way player in the NBA. He plays both sides of, of the court very effectively. He's the guy that's not only going to give you 20 points, he's going to guard the other team's best perimeter player. And for, you know, the guys are people out there listening. We're talking about guys like LeBron James. Those those mm-hmm. are the type of guys that like Kevin Durant, those are the type of guys that he will guard. And like Rachel said, he's, he's always been a professional no trouble off the court, which is very important, you know, keeps his head down. He always talks about family and, and it surrounded himself with the people that he grew up with. Mark Wahlberg is one of his best friends and he always mm-hmm. talks about spending time with him and taking advice from Wahlberg as far mm-hmm. as, you know, keeping mm-hmm. certain people in your circle and, and getting rid of the other ones. And that's something Jimmy Butler's done. You know, his brothers stay with him. He takes care of his brothers and he's really big in a family and keeping his circle small, which you need to do being a professional athlete because everyone's definitely not your friend.
1: Oh, (laughs) Hey, I can, I can go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About that. You know, and, and, and look, and look Paris that even permeates over into, even if you're not in the NBA circle, you know what I mean? Everybody is just, it's just not your friend. Very well said guys, you know? Okay. Now the topic of my show is the marriage of professional mediation and professional sports and just how viable would it be should these professional should these professions marry for settling disputes conflicts and disagreements now keeping the aforementioned out of the court systems as much as possible because you know once it gets in you know to the court you know as I as I said I work in the court I love what I do don't get me wrong but I'm just saying I'm also a professional mediator too However, um, certain things will always be in the court system. Lawyers, you know, don't don't call me up or text me or email me. You, you know, you're not going to ever go away. However, just know that mediation is is the is is up and coming is coming like a locomotive. So now as I am reading readying myself for the show, guys, I find that mediation is permeating quickly in the profession of sports. For example. There is this org- organization called JAMS. Are either of you familiar with this organization? Have, no, have no, you heard I of haven't it, either. Paris? Said not no, Okay. I haven't well, this or- this organization has been around for a while, and it dedicates itself to the practice of the sports profession and entertainment, and mediating any causes that arise. Now, my question to you, start with Paris. Are you nay, yay or nay about the process of mediation in the profession of sports and why?
0: Oh, I would definitely say yes, because one of the main benefits of, of mediation is the speed. And also it saves a lot of money. Now with the sports being what it is, the money angle really, you know, is is, is irrelevant with those guys, but You have to go back and look. And whenever there's an issue in sports, and usually typically the the NFL, there's a black eye on the entire sport where everybody suffers. Now, if you can use mediation to mitigate the downtime and come to a quicker resolution, then that's beneficial for everyone on board,
3: players Mm -hmm. and
0: owners. You know, get the issue settled and move on instead of having to drag out, you know, like we just saw with the flag gate over the past summer where this thing – was dragging out. And with mm-hmm. our court system being what it is and, and, and the backlog the judges face and, you know, knowing the judges would have to work about seven days a week and, and you know, seven, 24 hours a day. A
1: day, about, yes.
0: You know, that's why about 95% of cases are plea bargain now, just because, you know, you really just don't have the time.
1: So mm-hmm.
3: The
0: court needs to be held up with is dealing with these sports issues. There's mm-hmm. more serious matters than dealing with Tom Brady letting air out of football, you know the judges <laughs> should be dealing with. So I definitely think that mediation should be used more in sports.
1: Absolutely, well said, Reginald.
2: I totally, uh, I totally agree. I kind of uh, chuckle into myself when I'm <laughs> saying about uh, Tom Brady and the and you know the whole court system with 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 the football. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and. <laughs> And, you know, now if I can just go back to Oka for for a second. Sure. Someone needs to get a hold of this young man and sit him down, say a mediator, say someone in the front office, say maybe a mental health professional, and talk to this kid. Because Mm -hmm. this does not look good, and unfortunately if something is that doesn't happen, it may not come to a pretty end. He's already had a gun pulled out on him. You know, there's there's videos of, on YouTube of him fighting and knocking someone out. You know, you uh. a professional player. Now, again, this is why 19-year-olds don't belong in the NBA.
3: Exactly. So there needs
2: to be a mediator who sits down with this young man with the front office and say, listen, This is what needs to be done. This Mm is how you're supposed to behave. And also with a lot of young guys on this current team, there are no um, uh, more mature guys who have been around who can pull these guys aside and say, listen, this is how you're supposed to act. This is how you dress. This is where you live. Don't go to the club afterwards. Go home today, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: the and there is it, it, itself. Yeah, in other words, there needs to be some type of coaching other than the coach of telling you how how they want the the games to be played or whatever. But I feel that it would be good if they had, you know, if if every team had a professional mediator such as myself. To be there, you know to employ them so that they are on call twenty four seven and to come in and talk with these guys, and to do exactly what it is that you said that you just got through saying that that needs to ha- that needs to happen now this is what I also say in my mediations um, um, one of the things why people don't do a lot of mediations is because, and this is not making a ding on your lawyers, but if you take it as that, you know, then that's what it is, is that, <clears throat> excuse me, when, when a lot of people have gone to mediation, it's like they were being in litigation, and this is what have turned a lot of people off. In my mediations, ladies and gentlemen, I am also a teacher so i 'm teaching you along the way as i 'm giving you a platform to be heard, you know what i 'm saying, Reginald. So I think Absolutely. that when these you know these people are you know um, ha- have a mediator, they need to find a mediator who is also a teacher so that they yeah. can talk to these people about life circumstances and things of this nature, and I do agree that nineteen years old is too young to be in the um, Uh, professional sports. They have not you know, they're still what we used to say back in the day, guys wet behind the ears, okay? Right. And um, yeah, and they don't, they just, uh, you know, they just don't need to, you know, to be involved in all of that. Okay, I got to take a break in about a minute, but I'm going to leave you guys with this question. Okay, Reginald, there is an article that was written by Travis Bell for Mediate.com Okay, titled Mediation and Sports Disputes. He stated in part the following, okay? He says that certain unique characteristics of mediation provide remedies for many of the problems plaguing players and management in today's market. Considering the millions of dollars at stake, if settlements are not reached quickly, common sense dictates a closer look at what many have already found to be the alternative dispute resolution mechanism of choice. My question to you, brother, when we come back is why are the teams spending millions, millions of dollars on litigation when they can um, they'll be spending money for mediation? Trust me, because we're going to get paid. But it's a better method for resolving their issues. So stay with me, ladies and gentlemen. Get up and stretch, and come back with me. you have disagreements with your landlord regarding your home or apartment that you are renting? Or have you fallen behind in your HOA payments and you cannot reason with the HOA Association for resolution of your issues? I can assist you. I am an independent professional mediator. My name is Teresa E. Keeves. Give me a call at 480-283-7270. Or email me at Teresa at MediationTalkShow.expert. You do not have to litigate your disagreements. They can be professionally mediated. The process of professional mediation is an effective, efficient, timely, and less costly method for resolving your disputes. Please give me a call for a 283 7270 Do you know that bullying in the workplace and in our schools, whether it's grammar schools or high schools, is becoming more and more prevalent? This includes the rise of verbal abuse and physical abuse to our senior citizens. As a matter of fact, bullying is on the cusp of becoming a dominant occurrence in today's society. For example, careerbuilder.com survey of 2012 noted that about 50% of all workplace bullying goes unreported and NBC News reported that Bullying statistics of 2013 for senior citizens is on the rise in America. And that statistics for bullying-related incidences in our schools, well, unfortunately, it is on the rise. If you find yourself being bullied in school or in the workplace and you need someone to help resolve your differences with professionalism, fairness, impartiality, and given a platform to be heard. Give me a call. Professional mediator Teresa E. Keeves at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at expert.
0: Welcome back to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation. Here again, Teresa E. Keeves.
1: Uh, before we took break, Reginald, um, I was talking about this um, article by Travis Bell, Mediation and Sports Disputes. And he, um, the last thing I said was considering the millions of dollars at stake if settlements are not reached quickly, common sense dictates a closer look at what many have found to be the alternative dispute resolution mechanism of choice. And uh, my question was, so why don't more sports teams just um, involve themselves with more mediation than mm-hmm. the litigation process. What do you think about that?
2: Mm-hmm. I think part of the issue is that they just don't know about it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the first thing people think about is litigation.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
2: okay, let's let's do it that way because that's the way it's always been done.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and
2: then you get bogged down in the court, as Sarah was saying. You know, you have all of these cases that are, logged down in the court, and you know this as well. Sitting on, on on the bench, and then something that could have been taken care of in a month is now here's you know a year and a half. You're still dealing with that,
3: mm-hmm. and, and
2: so I, I think mediation can can get in there and and handle so much of that in the shorter period of time, and mm-hmm. and have it done. Come up with a resolution within a week, two weeks, three weeks instead of instead of litigating. Uh -hmm. the attorneys are not trained to be and you know, no knock on attorneys, so you know attorneys don't call me and you know, Reg, you don't know, you know, whatever. Uh, Attorneys are not trained to be mediators. They're trained Mm -hmm. to litigate. Uh
3: but mediation
2: now with things as they are and, and things that need to be come to a resolution faster
1: it can work. Exactly. It can work. And, the, and the thing is, is that the way of the world, you know, things change. OK, and unfortunately, a lot of people like to do it like it has always been done. You and I have discussed this a lot on, on varying uh, uh, parts of my shows, you know, in the past. You know, they want to keep things doing as it done, but but has always been done. But people are beckoning for something different. They want something different yeah. now. And, and I say that professional mediation with a mediator such as myself is the key. Now, Paris, the one thing about mediation, there's a lot of great benefits about mediation, but one of them is that it preserves the working relationships. Okay. You have, you know, we're talking about the team right now, but it, across the board, it does. Now, this guy says that bitter negotiations and sports disputes involving the performance of an individual player such as basketball can lead to unique problems. This is especially true when the general manager conducting the negotiation has a role as a coach. My thing is, should the coach be involved in the negotiation process when, you know, a a team player is, is is in trouble? Do you think that he needs to be out of it?
0: Well, I, I think it would de- depend on the coach. Um, usually, coaches, that's the difference between a coach and a general manager. Coaches are usually very close to a situation, become emotionally involved, where a general manager sort of has a broader aspect. You know, a lot of times mm-hmm. coaches can hold grudges against players or they can give certain players passes because, you know, quite honestly, they just might like the guy. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as the, the mitigation angle, R- Reginald brought up a very good point. As far as, you know, I think mitigation is still sort of new, and I don't think people quite know how it works. And not only that, you know, when we look at these sports um, entities like the NFL and the NBA, we go, why don't they just use mediators? Well, we have to remember, they already have a team of very high-priced lawyers in play. Mm-hmm. And, the right. players, and the players union, who also represent the players, they already have a you know, a team of very high priced lawyers.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
0: you know, for them to do that, those guys would have to be cut out. And mm-hmm. I, I think those guys are dug in. And I'm sure that if mitigation is, is, is mediation is ever brought up, those are the first guys in the room going, Hey, I'm already on retainer. You know, let's, exactly. let me handle this. You know, let me handle this. This is why we have a contract with you. Right? You're paying me. A million dollars a month, you know, and then the negotiations become very contentious and and nothing gets solved. And one thing about mediation is it it, it opens up dialogue because what usually gets these, you know, professional sports is in trouble is they have something called the CBA, collective bargain agreement. And that's Mm -hmm. where the the owners and the players will sit down and go over certain guidelines. You know, Mm -hmm. hey, you fell a drug test, you know, the first time you fail, we're going to send you to counseling. You know, the the second time you fail, we're gonna you know put you in a mandatory treatment program. The third time you fail, now we're gonna suspend you, so on and so forth. Well, the issue comes in usually is when something happens, it's in a gray area.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: such as you know a, a personal conduct policy. The the commissioner will implement a personal conduct policy, sort of what happened with Tom Brady, and he will say, hey, this shames our game. Now mm-hmm. the 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 union. Who I'm not a big believer in unions all the time, but that's another story. The union will always defend a player no matter what they do.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and that's my problem with unions. You can be as wrong as a $3 bill, and, and you know, instead of using common sense, they will defend you. So now the, mm-hmm. the union will step in and they will go, well, that's not in the CBA. How can you do that? You know, that has to be negotiated. So even though you might be right, we're going to court. And that's where the issue stems. And mm-hmm. that's where mediation could step in because, you know, one of the benefits of mediation also, is just open dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, without the litigation, just sit at a table and talking
1: And talk. Exactly. Hence the name of my show, Put It All on the Table Through Mediation. And that's. I tell people when I am in the mediation, put it all on the table, you know, and the thing that I, I, I just want to piggyback on something that you said, Paris, is that, you know, with these high price attorneys and these CBAs and things like this. And then the, then they'll the, the, let's, let's just say that um, the bulls say, OK, let's go to mediation. OK, we can meet. We can mediate. You know, the lawyer said we can mediate. Well, they're going to sit there and they're going to not really mediate. They're going to talk to you and then they go, okay, well, I'm done. I've seen this happen so many times. I'm done. We're going to take this to court. Because that's basically what they want to do. They are not interested, okay? They're not interested in sitting there and talking to an individual and or do they have the wherewithal to just get on the, you know, kind of bring yourself down a few notches (laughs) Okay, and so that you're actually talking to these people, you know, and finding out exactly what the real problem is. You know, what what happened? What why did why did you do this? You know, let's, you know, be more simpler, simpler in their in their, you know, tactics on how they talk to people. So that, you know, that that's very well said. Now, here's something that this guy said in 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 conclusion, gentlemen, he said that the history of sports disputes, and, um, and negative effect on fans and team morale vividly demonstrates the need to adopt a speedy and more cost-effective resolution technique such as mediation. That's what you guys just got through talking about. Mediation is a perfect remedy for sports disputes because it provides a forum for open communication. Hallelujah. It's nothing like sitting down and just talking. Which is currently missing in many sports negotiations, which is what I just said. The a lawyer will cut you off. Said that's it. We're going to we're going to litigation. It gives it gives both parties a sense of confidentiality, which can be used to strengthen their working relationships. And that means to me, gentlemen, that when you are in the mediation process, and that you're hearing what this person is saying and this person is hearing what you're saying, then it's like, oh, okay. Um, all right. You know, maybe, I, I, okay, I did do that. I, I could, I could do better. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it's a learning process. What do you think about what I just said, Reginald?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it, and it's a relationship building thing as, as, as well. You know, let's just let's, 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 let's visualize being in a court talking about this issue. And being in a room with in a table with four or five, three or four people, whatever, sitting at the table. Mm-hmm. Just the environment is different. Just the environment will make people feel different and, and behave differently. Um and so you're you, you get a chance to look at each other, to to talk to each other, to kind of build a relationship, you know, so so not only just the process itself, but the environment of being not in a courtroom, in a conference room, or just in an office, can bring a lot of things to the table
3: mm-hmm.
2: and can sediate, um dispute. Uh, Is- so mm-hmm. I, I know, as a as a therapist, there's times when, when when I will, you know, take a client out of the out of the office and just walk around.
3: Mm -hmm. You know,
2: different environment, different way of of thinking. Hey, now we can talk about other stuff because we're not in that office. We're just kind of walking around looking at the birds and and having some sunshine.
1: So Mm -hmm. all of that Mm -hmm.
2: is a positive thing about mediation as well, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, because when you're bringing your clients in, you're not bringing them into a courtroom, which a courtroom um, for more times than not often often uh, um, scares a person. Now, I have about three minutes left, but I would like to hear Paris chime in on what um, we just talked about.
0: I definitely agree. You know, whenever you go to a courtroom, is a certain amount of tension involved. You know, especially mm-hmm. with these cases, because as you guys say, you know, the media is going to be involved. We have these copyright lawyers, so it's going to turn into who can use the biggest words. You know, and you're going to have the, the grandstanding of,
3: you know, mm-hmm.
0: hey, i but in mediation you're right. You know, you sit around the table, you get some sandwiches, you know, a couple of bottle of water, mm-hmm. and you just
3: talk mm-hmm.
0: and, and, and and you just talk it through. And it's so much easier to come to to come to resolutions that way. So it Is, definitely mm-hmm. makes sense for it to be um, implemented in the near future, hopefully
1: exactly and it's much more cost effective you know um you uh, you know you're not going to be charged for every fax email staple um um going to court uh, just for going to court you know it's 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 a thousand dollars or more just to you know get up and go um and 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 to talk there for you and then my other thing too is who can better talk for you than yourself who who you know uh because you're in the environment it's a more relaxed environment and, and, um, and in my mediations, I always make sure that the person takes a deep breath and let's just relax and, and, um, you know, so that we can uh, come to an amicable, uh, amicable resolution. Okay. I have like one minute left. And, um, what I'm going to say is original, you know, the time goes by very fast. And so do you Paris? I, I, I know I love you guys and I appreciate you guys so much for taking your time through your out your busy days and, and, um, and, and coming on my show. Excuse me. I will have you back on again. Ladies and gentlemen, please be kind to yourself. Be kind to one another. This is Teresa E. Keeves. I will be back here, uh, two weeks from today on my show. Be safe out there. Be cognizant and we'll talk soon. Take care.